Welcome back to Clay, the podcast for Christian men aspiring to be the best that they can possibly be, courageously leading, always yearning for more Jesus in their life, in your life, in my life. My name is Justin. I'm your host. And today uh, we are going to kick off a series. Uh, you're going to get an episode that is uh, along the same lines and the same topic for the next few weeks on Wednesdays. That's uh, when that, uh, those episodes are going to publish. And we're going to hone in and focus on and create some conversation around Pride Month. Uh, Pride Month and the thing that is celebrated uh, via Pride Month or marketed or however you want to look at that. We'll talk about that as well. Uh, so my word of caution to you is while none of these episodes will contain any explicit language, uh, there are some words that are easy to pick up that I know that I don't want my son to walk around saying for no reason or just because. Uh, so uh, you may may not want to listen to this around children or small ears or uh, kids that will easily repeat things, uh, but that is a word of caution to you. Uh, obviously, do what you will and uh, let's dive in. To be completely honest, I don't really want to have this conversation. I don't really want to talk about it. And I think that's part of our problem, especially coming from the church. I think that uh, there's many things that we have chosen to remain quiet or passive or really just haven't understood how to discuss, how to converse, and how to talk about such things. And so we find ourselves in a weird space and time when it seems like sexuality is being ever ever lifted up, which uh, we know that it's nothing new. It's nothing new to the world to have uh, sexual depravity and, uh, and and to be dealing with what we're dealing with today. Like We shouldn't be surprised by it. Uh, we can go back to Sodom and Gomorrah. We can go back to the fall. Uh, we can go back to, uh, well, I mean, there you go, right? Go all the way back to the beginning and talk about the fact that uh, this, is, this, is, this is an issue that uh, it, it comes in all shapes and sizes. It comes in uh, all, all, all sorts of differences, uh, different flavors, so to speak. Uh, but it's all synonymous with one thing. It, it is all one thing, right? It's all sin. And, and so uh, the reality is we can, we can d- dissect and we can deduce and we can try and look at, well, where did we go wrong? Where did we go wrong? And we can keep doing that all we want to. We can point our finger at the church and say that the church didn't do its job. And in some ways, I absolutely agree with that in some contexts, 100%. Uh, don't, don't get me wrong there. Well, we will talk about that. This episode here is intended to kind of start the conversation, broach the topic, and then we're going to uh, dive in a little bit deeper over the next few weeks uh, on Wednesday, like I mentioned before, the Wednesday uploads. Uh, but let's, uh, let's pick somewhere to begin. Uh, let's pick somewhere to uh, begin the discussion and ultimately, guys, this is a discussion that uh, we all need to be willing to have, and we need to get better at having. And this is a conversation that is never going to go away. Uh, we can look at history. We can look at uh, years uh, past in uh, the United States of America's uh, upbringing or uh, birth, right? Uh, you, can, you can look at that period. You can go back before that. Uh, you can go back uh, generation after generation after generation. Uh, the whole uh, movements and the whole same-sex attraction and, and all sorts of I mean, cross-dressing and, and all sorts of things, it's been around since, since humans walked the earth. Uh, it has been around since we could, since uh, honestly, since we knew what sin was, since since uh, we uh, chose that path. Like it's not something new. And so, uh, while it seems absolutely crazy to hear that we have teachers that are teaching kids about uh, their sexuality or their preferences in school, or we have curriculum that has uh, certain uh, new new quote unquote, that's not it's not not new, but it's new uh, ideals uh, and 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 
Well, I guess some of it is new. Let me rephrase that. Some of it is new ways of thinking or new perspectives around it. But the fact of the matter is that we have uh, places where kindergarten students, first graders, uh, five, six-year-olds are being exposed to uh, trans ideology, uh, a, a moment in, in time when uh, kids are just really not sh- supposed to be interested, shouldn't be interested in sexuality at all. Uh, in fact, I mean, I, I think that, that realistically, like, it wasn't until like sometime uh, in, in high school for me personally where I actually like really cared what girls thought about me, uh, let alone when I was six. Like the only girl I really cared who thought what about me at that point was my mom, uh, maybe my sisters, but really probably not, just my mom. Like uh, that's the reality. I wanted her to be happy with me, but the kids shouldn't be thinking about these things. And we would agree with that. And we will get to an, an episode that is specific to uh, trans ideology and what we're currently seeing uh, exposed in our school system. But that's where we're at today. And there was a journey to get here. So let's go ahead and take it back. I'm going to flip the script on you and uh, point out that, that the name of this episode, uh, I titled it in such a way, because I remember a point when calling somebody gay was an insult, sure, uh, but it wasn't uh, nearly uh, as, as problematic as it is today. Uh, it is um, it is and was, it was a word that was thrown around, uh, honestly, like all the time. Like uh, if we got a homework assignment that we didn't like, uh, I, I had friends like, man, this is so gay, right? That doesn't make any sense. It's a homework assignment. It isn't. But that is the word that was used. And so uh, I'm, I'm highlighting this because there have been many times in history where we get desensitized to certain topics and conversations. And this desensitizing uh, creates a, an atmosphere where it is more difficult to talk about the conversations themselves. It's more difficult to talk about and approach it because uh, what this desensitization does is it actually creates a higher level of tolerance towards uh, the topic, the words itself. It builds in uh, almost uh, just a, a, a immunity to even hearing it. So there's no effect. Uh, it is what it is, and, and we just start to accept it, which leads us into this interesting trap where we quit accepting the sinner and we start accepting the sin. We start accepting the sin in one another's lives or in uh, the lives of those around us. And we uh, become a, uh, not just a tolerant culture, but a permissive culture, a permissive culture by omission, uh, by lack of willingness to discuss, to talk about it, to, uh, to put our foot down and, and, and take a stand. Now, there have been many phases in history where people have taken a stand. Uh, there is uh, points in time when uh, somebody who was attracted to the same sex was considered uh, absolutely crazy, and that didn't make any sense. But there's also periods of time and cultures and places where it didn't really matter, and it was just worshipped and frivolous, and it was fun, and it was what you did, or you did it while you're worshipping other gods, and uh, these things were uh, elevated and portrayed as uh, just these wonderful, wonderful things that were uh, worshipped by the world, right? That sounds nothing like... It does today, does it? Or, or is it? Now, the, the world's view on sex hasn't really changed. It hasn't really changed much at all. What we're experiencing now in the United States of America is a period of 30, 40, 50 years where uh, it feels like things are getting faster and faster and faster and uh, more abrupt and more abrupt and just more ludicrous by uh, the, every, every passing month. And dare I say that we are experiencing what we are experiencing today because it's been really good for a really long time here in this country. It has. We've uh, come up with a lot of great inventions. 
the fact that I'm even doing what I'm doing right now and I don't have to have a giant radio station and you don't have to tune in live is a feat in and of itself. But let's think for a second and compare ourselves to other cultures of uh, years past of the ancient world or who, or whatever generation of, of life that you want to compare to. The reality is this country was founded on Christian principles. Uh, it was founded uh, with uh, some morals and some drive towards uh, freedom and uh, separation of uh, being controlled by or ruled over by a, uh, a, a king or any sort of monarchy. And uh, that was fought for. And then the country, as it was founded, uh, was built upon Christian principles. I, I'm not saying that the United States of America is a Christian nation. I'm just saying as, as you look at history and you, you read and you pay attention, uh, Christian principles were certainly at work, especially in the way that we are to uh, treat one another and to govern and to take care of uh, one another in, in many capacities and ourselves, uh, right? There's a, definitely an emphasis on uh, the ability to uh, buy land and to create and to build and to build for your family and your generations, et cetera, et cetera, with that undertone consistently of those Christian principles and morals. And uh, now we are experiencing a couple hundred years removed where things have continued to devolve over time, just like they have in any other nation, just like they have in any other culture or uh, period of time. This is nothing new. This is called sin. And uh, that's uh, something that we've been dealing with for many, many years and in different capacities, right? Uh, you're a sinner. I'm a sinner. Thank the Lord we are saved through faith in him, right? Through uh, what he's done for us, through uh, the death and the resurrection and, 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 and placing our, our faith in him for we know that uh, we, we can rest assured in our salvation because of this and the forgiveness of our sins. And uh, so when we're caught up in these conversations about homosexuality or the LGBTQ plus and that goes on and on and on uh, with more additional letters. Uh, we can find ourselves really quickly separating uh, the, 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 the thing that we just don't relate to because it just doesn't make sense to us. It just doesn't, I would never do that, but somebody else does. And we start separating the person altogether, uh, but we uh, either choose one of two paths oftentimes. We uh, become tolerant of the sin and we become uh, accepting of the sin itself. Or we become totally anti the sinner and the sin. And there's not often a common middle ground there. It tends to be all or nothing. It's uh, come one, come all, stay as you are. Or it's come one, come all, except for you. You, you, you don't belong here. And so how do we wrestle with this as a church? How do we deal with this as a body of believers? Now, uh, I am recording this in the Pacific Northwest. I'm con uh, recording this east of the Cascade Mountains, which is honestly, it, it is a bit of a different place in some regards compared to other places in the country when it comes down to uh, what is celebrated versus what is not celebrated. So uh, I see things in a far different uh, tone and a far different view but the reality is uh, everywhere in our nation is dealing with uh, this heightened uh, pressure around sexuality and what we teach in schools, what we don't teach, what we trust parents to teach, what we don't trust parents to teach, et cetera, et cetera. Even some of our most uh, Republican or most, most conservative states are dealing with these issues, Florida, Texas being uh, two of them that come to mind even in recent news. 
So what on earth are we going to do about it? What on earth are we going to talk about over the next few weeks even as we unpack this, uh, this very relevant and very much so in-your-face topic of conversation? Well, first things first, we're going to uh, talk about it in a way uh, that it is sin, and we are going to separate the sin from the sinner. That is one of the most difficult things to do at times. As we separate this, we are going to talk a bit more about some uh, historical points of contention and some things that uh, really we should uh, be uh, aware of and, uh, and and pay attention to, especially in our history as the American church has, has grown to what it is today. We're going to talk about how do you converse with somebody who is adamant that this lifestyle is acceptable and okay and permissible, even by scripture. Uh, that is uh, a far different conversation than someone who doesn't believe in the, the word of God as true, but believes that it's okay to uh, partake in said lifestyle. The r- reality is uh, that conversation is far different and often far more difficult with someone who is widely convinced that scripture accepts and uh, promotes, and in some cases uh, edifies this lifestyle, uh, this alternate lifestyle uh, altogether. We're going to talk about uh, where uh, this uh, where this journey will continue to go, uh, as as we can uh, see from uh, history, and we can look back on years past and see uh, where we're going, right? And we can we can get a good idea of where things are going. You can look at legislation that is being uh, or attempted to be passed in other states, California, for example, trying to lower the age of consent and lessening the penalties of uh, sex offenders and and all sorts of methods to legally make such things okay. And beyond that, we're going to uh, dive into uh, how the church should respond and behave and some ideas and some thoughts that uh, are, uh, are, are men's groups, uh, such as those that are potentially listening here, our uh, parents, our uh, staff, our leadership in our churches, can get involved to help our younger generations through this. Because here is where lies the problem. We're seeing heightened, uh, heightened percentages of uh, kids suffering with gender dysphoria, with uh, dealing with uh, same-sex attraction, dealing with all sorts of things that uh, you and I both know are sinful, sure, but we also know that sin feels good. There are many things that happen uh, that are uh, sinful that uh, we continue to do, not because uh, we willingly love to sin per se, but because uh, realistically it, 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 feels, it feels good. We like it. Whatever it is, we, we like it. So uh, if you were to take a young person who is dealing with all sorts of pressures by the world and wants to be loved and accepted, and they find themselves loved and accepted because of uh, some sort of uh, proclaimed same-sex attraction or whatever it may be, and let's say these kids, they, they you know, they, it's, at first it's, it's fake, but it becomes real because uh, they've pretended long enough or because there's a relationship that they have that gets worshipped by their friends and their peers. And, well, you start to enjoy the life that you're living and you start to accept it and look for ways to believe that it may or may not be true or it may or may, or may not be right. So how do, we, how do we deal with that, especially in the heightened uh, quantities of uh, high school students, middle school students, now elementary school students that are dealing with these things and questioning their own gender identity and whatever that truly means. So we're, we're going to be breaking some of these things down over the next few weeks and talking about how to talk about them. Uh, what I'm not going to do necessarily 
and I can't make any promises because I will probably do it, uh, is, is tell you what to think. Uh, but I, I will tell you what I think. I will be uh, pretty open and uh, direct with exactly what, what I think. Uh, not that I know everything, um, but I, I have experienced uh, some of this both within my family, uh, and I've also experienced uh, certain aspects of, and I'll share a couple of stories in uh, my own personal walk that uh, will hopefully shine some light on conversations that need to need to happen, uh, that we need to have. Uh, we need to be willing to have these conversations with anybody and everybody. And we re- what we really need to do is be willing to disciple our kids and teach our kids, how do, how do you deal with this? If your kids are in the public school system, if your kids are connected to any part of the world, if they have social media, if they have friends, they're going to be exposed to sexual immorality. It's going to happen. You can't pretend like it's not. You can't shelter your kids away from it. So how do you teach your children to uh, live a life uh, and to know and to uh, trust in what they believe in, but also to be willing to have conversations with you and ask questions? Now, my kids are uh, too young to be wrestling with or dealing with this at all. And I I pray that uh, this is never an, an issue in their lives. I absolutely do. But I also know that it's, it is sin and life happens. Um, that's not easy. It's not easy to, to contend with that, that fact. Uh, it is something that uh, we're all exposed to. It's part of being in the world, but not of it. And so I, my hope with this series, my hope with this conversation in this period of time, uh, literally this period of time heading into Pride Month, as we uh, so lovingly call June here in uh, Seattle anyway and in other parts of the States, is that uh, we could have growing conversation and we can help one another uh, be the light in these conversations. What I want to do personally is be somebody that can truly uh, be Jesus and see the sinner, uh, see the heart of the sinner, not just the sin. I know for, for me, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful that uh, in periods of time in my life, I have had people who have seen me for me and known that uh, me, Justin, is still there and, uh, and not gotten caught up with some decisions that I was making or the life that I was living, uh, but rather had grace enough to uh, pray for and to contend for and to intercede on my behalf. Now, the truth of the matter is, this is not going away. This is not going to get any easier, per se. But we can be far better equipped. We can be far better prepared for and ready for such conversations, such issues. Uh, and this is part of being a courageous leader. This is part of being someone who is willing to uh, take courage and to learn and to uh, figure out, how do you actually think about these things? Are you somebody that's uh, kind of grown just accustomed to the way that the world is living when it comes to uh, the rainbow flag and the, all the other flags and this and that and how we want to identify and how we want to separate everybody and you're this, but you're that, you're a man, but you're not a man, but you can't say that, but you're a woman and you're not really a woman or you don't want to be or this is whatever you are, one of the 99 plus gender identities that have come out of uh, the woodwork, like what is it that uh, you're accepting that you're okay with and what, what is it that you're willing to talk about and contend with? When the conversation comes your way, what do you, what do you say? When your employer wants you to put your 
uh, your pronouns in your email signature, what do you say? How is your response? Are you thinking about these conversations? Are you thinking about these questions? These are things that uh, would make really great conversation in your men's groups, in your men's Bible studies. These are life application things. These are uh, these are these are conversations and battles that we got to be prepared for. No warrior goes into battle without preparing. That would be suicide, right? You wouldn't send somebody into battle who's never wielded a sword. You would train and work and work these things out. And this is something, brothers, that we need to be willing to work out. So uh, I'm looking forward to this uh, short series here over the next few weeks. Uh, Again, Wednesday mornings, uh, these episodes will go live. I would encourage you to share these with uh, your men's groups, friends, whomever you want to continue the conversation with. Ideally, there's some conversation points. There's some things that uh, you can pull out of uh, this podcast and other episodes to continue the conversation. Let's be disciples who make disciples out in the field on mission day after day, living our life, pursuing him, always yearning for more Jesus in our lives as we become those courageous leaders and step up to the plate, step up to the battle as he has called us to do. And with that, gentlemen, love you dearly, praying for you. And we'll see you on the next episode.